Hello, 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 and welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 itchy nose. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. Got a handful of games to talk about in this episode. We got Brock, the investigator, Iris and the giant, and Warp. That's W-A-R-P. Warp. That's the way it's spelled. W. Period. A. Period. R. Period. E. Get this. Period. They're all capital as well. They, they, they weren't brave enough to do the period thing after lowercase letters. But that's what I'll be talking about game-wise. And as you can tell from the start of the show, I'm running on empty. I've got nothing. I Oh, God. I've been burnt to hell by Star Wars. I'm so gosh darn tired of it. I've watched now episodes one through three, Solo, I already watched Boba Fett, as we know. Book of Boba Fett. I apologize. The Book of Boba Fett. Don't forget the. And I have watched Obi-Wan. Finished that. And I'm about halfway through Andor. <sighs> Jesus. So, my reevaluation of the prequel trilogy. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Better. Quote unquote, put the better in quotes for sure in quotations. Better than I remember. Good? No. Better? Yes. Attack of the Clones? As bad as I remember. That movie fucking sucks. Everything. I, I don't want to. You know, the go to is sucks. A double dollar signs, but. Or butts, B U T T. I don't want to go that route. I don't want to be that unoriginal. So I just did nothing instead. And then kind of a little stuttered and stammered right there when I was like, the funny thing? It's not funny at all. But I hate the word but because every time I say it, I feel like I emphasize it enough that it makes me think of the double T kind. However, I could have said it right there. Every time I think of stammering as opposed to stuttering, they're different. But when I think of stammering, it always makes me think of Stranger Than Fiction. And then that makes me happy because I love that movie. Will Ferrell's best movie by far and always will be. And it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. I adore that movie. It made me... I'm not, in general, attracted to Maggie... Gyllenhaal. I, no matter how many times I think about it or have ever heard the correct pronunciation, that is just one of those last names that I always second guess the pronunciation of. I need to just stop saying just so many freaking times already. Jesus. I have to figure out the correct pronunciation and lock it in. Lock it in. 
because Jake G is such a fun actor to watch even in bad movies he's he typically gives his all to every performance I'm trying to think of a case where he phoned it in and nothing immediately comes to mind but I'm sure there are examples however I'm not typically attracted to Maggie G but <laughs> in Stranger Than Fiction that might be the role, the character who I am the most attracted to in all of film. I I just I love that movie so much. Just and butts. There's this is ju- the just butt show. Jesus and Jesus, Jesus loves butts and just butts. He ain't he ain't about them boobies, just butts. But Stranger Than Fiction, if you've never seen it, fantastic, fantastic movie, great cast, and there's a point where, because Will Ferrell in it is a tax man, I'm not exactly sure what his title is, or if he's working for the government, or some, I think he's working for the government, and he goes to businesses or whatever and tries to get things in order and Maggie G runs a small bakery she hasn't been keeping up with everything she's very much so a typical kind of which is surprising why I would like her but I every time I say but I'm gonna lose it this episode uh, she she's very in line with that stereotypical idea of what a Seattleite or Portlandio ho person is like. However, she has an awesome fake tattoo. I like her hair in it. And when Will Ferrell plays her the one song in it, the, 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 the whole way that scene is staged and everything about it, the way she's looking at him as he, because I'm a huge music person. Yeah. I had I had a moment like that in my real life, which is similar to that. It didn't end that way. The super complicated, that whole thing. But, oh, I just hit the mic. I love that movie. I love that movie. And there's a scene where after they recently met for the first time, because it was a very hostile first interaction, obviously, as he was introducing himself as the tax man coming to help with the taxes because she hasn't been doing her taxes and blah, blah, blah. I think she may even call him tax man because there's a point where I think when they first meet, she maybe throw some big goods at him and yells at him you tax man and the clientele are all like yeah get out of here tax man but when they're on the bus together he apologizes and stammers and she accepts his apology because 
for multiple reasons, but also because he stammered. And therefore, long story short, when I think of stammering, I think of Stranger Than Fiction. I don't think of Star Wars. Well, where were we? Oh, the butts. Zack of the Clones, as bad as I remember. Revenge of the Sith, worse than I remember. That is a bad movie. I thought that was an okay movie. That's how I remember it. I remember thinking, you know what? Compared to the other ones, it's all right. Guess what, everyone? Compared to the other ones, it's just as bad, if not worse. Because the dumbass romance is still very much at the heart of it all. And what I've come to realize watching a lot of Star Wars is that it's comprised, the universe as a whole, is comprised of mostly idiots doing stupid things, being stupid, and it gets kind of tiring how stupid everyone is. <sighs> Revenge of the Sith is, it was almost the worst of the bunch because I was expecting more of it. And just got the same garbage. Then Solo. Pretty much as bad as I remember. Some of the fan service stuff. Worse than I remember. The actor who's playing young Solo. He's terrible. They could have thrown shit at the wall and landed on. A better person. He's way too old for the role. They could have gotten Marky Mark and it would have been a better a better thing. Chris Pratt would have been better. Anyone would have been, that dude has no charisma. And when you are trying to cast a character who is one of the most charismatic characters in cinema. Some might say, <laughs> "Don't get, don't get Mr. Wooden." You, you, you know that fucking Hail Caesar movie by the Coen Brothers, where he was in it playing the charismaless actor, and he was really good in it. He wasn't acting; he just fucking is that. So he sucks in it. And then I forgot Amelia Clark was in it. I don't think she's a good actress. I didn't like her on Game of Thrones all that much. I, her movie stuff, unimpressed. So that, that she wasn't great in it. Woody Harrelson, fine, whatever. Uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is that his last name? Fine, but. I don't do enough with him. And his uh, robot lady friend. She alright. Solo's a bad movie though. Solo's bad. I remember them emphasizing the dice multiple times in the beginning. I did not remember them ending the movie on a shot of the dice. <laughs> it's so stupid. Hey, hey, you know these dice 
that you didn't know ever existed until we shoved them in your face in The Force Awakens and made them seem really important? Well, they were always important, see? There you go. You got it. It's, there's proof. Always important. We didn't just make up that bullshit for that movie. They were always important. The fuck out of here. Then Obi-Wan, the big question everyone's been waiting for, answered. Is it worse than Boba Fett? The book of Boba Fett. It's close. It's very, very close. Obi-Wan has the worst element of anything I've watched, which is young Princess Leia. Can't fucking stand her. Terrible actress. Fucking weird looking. Weird sounding. I hated everything about her. There is no point at which I did not despise her. And she fucking runs weird. I wish she died. And then just kill her off in the rest of the things. If, if, if that's what it takes to not deal with her in the show is a redoing, just digitally remove her from all future content. Princess Leia just never existed. Fine. Because little Princess Leia, the fucking worst. However, there are differences between the two and, and why Obi-Wan is slightly better. The biggest difference, though, or the, the main reason why Obi-Wan works for me more is that one, it's better shot, significantly better shot. It has more interesting moments and scenes and bits of choreography it's just it's a it's a better shot show with more memorable moments some of which are a good chunk of which are very fan service heavy but some that are just scenes that are staged well and play out in more interesting and fun ways i also really really like the imperial Guard lady, I, I'm not, I don't know, I can't fucking remember what's what in terms of who's, what's the name of the bad people in the Empire? Is, is it the Imperial Guard though for the Empire? Whatever. The the lady who is, regrets what she did in her past and is trying to make amends for it and, and, and all that. I really liked her story. I liked her as a character. I think she did a really good job. Uh, acting the part and I like her little arc in Obi-Wan so there was at least that that I could enjoy in Obi-Wan where as there was nothing in Boba Fett and, and I like that actress even though I've only seen her in two things Obi-Wan and Human Target but the difference between Obi-Wan and the book of Boba Fett is did I mention what three games I have to talk about this? Oh, yeah, I did. I remember now. I remember because I went way too long on warp. Uh, the main difference between the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan is that Obi-Wan is flooding with fan service. 
while the Book of Boba Fett is drowning in desperation. Boba Fett feels like such an incredibly desperate show, a show desperate to make you like Boba Fett and believe he is not the dumb piece of shit he is, which probably works because so many people do love him for whatever reason. Like He's got cool armor, sure, but he's a fucking idiot. He's incompetent. He deserved to stay dead, but now we have to deal with him and we're going to get a season two probably. And even, even the Mandalorian stuff, I didn't love in the show. As I've said, it, it's made me not interested in watching season three. I'm sick of, I'm sick of the fucking Mandalorians and all of that crap at this point. But if you strip away every part of the book of Boba Fett, where it's not just the Mandalorian, it's a fucking awful show. Start to finish every aspect, every component of it. Uh, and then you have Obi-Wan where you at least, me at least, I have that one storyline that I really liked and there are other elements that are okay, but it is incredibly fan service heavy and I did not like the main antagonist even when we got her reveal. I still think they handled it very poorly it could have been interesting but it was all over the top and stupid and Obi-Wan watching the original uh, the, the prequel trilogy and this I feel like they, they all come together to diminish him as a character from the mysterious wise old man he was in A New Hope they added so much to him that makes him seem like a fucking piece of shit. Who maybe is... He's, he's probably at the end of Obi-Wan, the first season. He's at the point where he's going to turn things around and become the Obi-Wan we know and love. But everything prior to that does not make me a fan of him. <sighs> but Andor, I'm halfway through that. That is as good as a lot of people said it was, pretty much. The problem for me is because I've been beaten into the ground by everything I've watched so far, I can't bring myself to fully appreciate. I don't believe I, I'm able to fully appreciate the qualities of Andor. I'm liking it, don't get me wrong. I'm liking it. It's very well done. But I'm not loving it. I'm watching it. Enjoying it enough. But it, it's just... And I think it's because... I'm not... Super thrilled with Star Wars right now. And or is though... Exactly what I want from Star Wars. Overall from... A lot of the stuff. The majority of the stuff. Which is... A story that is great on its own. It's it's story first, universe second. And the universe is a distant, distant second. This isn't a Star Wars story. This is 
a fascinating story that just so happens to be in the Star Wars universe. And even then, you're not getting a lot of the Star Wars-iness of it all shoved down your throat. If you remove blasters, there'd be nothing in it that even made you think of Star Wars. I'm trying to think if there's anything outside of the blasters, because there, there hasn't been a lightsaber at any point, I don't believe. No, no Jedi or Sith or any of that kind of stuff. It's very well done. It's very well done. So I'll finish that soonish. <sighs> I'm tired of it all. Gosh darn Star Wars. That's that's what I've been watching though. That is it. I don't know what I've been playing. Brock, the investigator. This is a amalgamation, a combination of two genres I've never seen smushed together before. That doesn't mean it's never happened. There could be many instances, or at least a few instances, of games like this on Itch.io, for example, or even on Steam, because there's so many games on Steam. This is the first I've experienced, though, which is a mashing together of a point-and-click adventure and a beat-em-up. This is from, I believe it's Cowcat Studios. A studio of one, I think, or, or a very, very small team. Their first game was Xenon Valkyrie Plus, I believe. Which I remember liking to some extent, but thinking, because I, I, I believe it was a rogue-like type of game and the rogue elements maybe weren't to my liking. But with Brock the Investigator, it's okay. It's okay. It's adequate on both fronts. And that's the problem. As a point-and-click adventure, it does what it's supposed to do perfectly fine. I'm playing it on Xbox. I'm using a gamepad. It works as you would expect. You are exploring rooms uh you know you go room to room to room interacting with objects uh, if there are multiple objects bunched together you can move one of the analog sticks to bring up the on-screen cursor and select specific things be more precise and you will collect objects which you can then go into your inventory and interact with other objects all the basic straightforward been there done that elements of a point-and-click adventure game. Talk to people, have some dialogue options. It's it's fine. And then the beat-em-up side, also fine. It works, but it's not great. It doesn't excel in either aspect. And while the combination of the two genres is what initially drew me to the game and made me interested. I did get a code for it, but that's what drew me to wanting to check out the game. They are very segmented. They're not integrated, so you don't have any... At, at any point, you don't have a, a thing where 
you're fighting someone uh, in the beat em up mode, and then some kind of point and click adventure thing weaves its way into the combat, or vice versa. I guess the the most they intersect each other is when, for instance, in the very opening, your room is on fire, but it's all dream. Spoilers, it's all dream. And in order to get out of the room, you first pick up a blanket, cover some fire that's on the ground with the blanket, and then you get to the door, you go into beat em up mode, and then you punch the door until you destroy it to open up a pathway to the next room. That's about, in, in what I've played, that's about as integrated as the two genres get. And as I alluded to right there, you can, on the fly, with the press of a button, transition between point-and-click adventure mode and beat-em-up mode. And in beat-em-up mode, you're more agile, you can jump, you can punch freely, but you don't have much use to be in that mode, except for parts where, okay, I need to jump. That's that's really it. I need to jump over this thing, so I'll go into beat-em-up mode. But when you get into situations where you are interacting or run into some hoodlums or the like, it'll automatically transition into beat-em-up mode, and then you have a small beat-em-up section, and then you're back in point-and-click adventure mode. So, conceptually, I, I do like the idea. I, I'm always a fan of taking two or more genres and seeing how you can mash them together in interesting ways however rock the investigator doesn't quite get there it instead is just two genres that are adequately made that happen to be within the same game but feel very apart from one another. And because of that, you just feel like you are playing two okay versions of these types of games that have the same characters in them. The art is very uninspired, standard cartoony uh, stuff. Saturday morning cartoon vibes. Colorful, sure, but again, it's just kind of fine. The, the, the point click adventure stuff, too, is, is lessened by the fact that the story where you are this investigator who is presumably I, I would assume the main thing you know you got your little your little micro goals your little micro investigations but you're trying to figure out what happened to your I believe you were married but, but your wife or your partner died in a fire that, that was the dream and I'm assuming that's the way it played out but your dream was a little different than reality you state so but she died five years ago, and I think the the main story will be trying to find out what exactly happened. Uh, so it's just you and her 
son now living together. And it could be uh, all right. The voice acting, though, is not great. I don't know if this will make sense or if people understand what I'm saying, but the second I heard the voice acting, I immediately thought, yep, this is pretty much in line with the type of quality I would expect from your standard point-and-click adventure game. It's not particularly good. The delivery and writing don't don't do each other or any of us any favors. That is Brock the Investigator. Uh, an interesting idea that I would like to see explored more. I, 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 I would like to see another stab at this that maybe tries and do more interesting things. And the other game I played, well, I got two more, but the, the next one is Irish and Iris, Iris, I-R-I-S, not Irish. Iris and the Giant. This is a roguelike card collecting strategy game, I guess, where the way it works is you have a certain amount of cards in your deck, and you are making your way up this type of hill or something. You're going off up these segments. And the way battles play out, that that's the, the unique element of this game is the way battles play out. You have your, you, you, if you've played a TCG, eh, is it? But if you played a, a collectible deck building type of game, you know how a lot of them play out where you have your turn, then the enemy has their turn and so on and so forth back and forth you will have your character on one side of the screen the enemies will be on the other side of the screen and you'll fight them and so on and so forth the way this works is that instead you're on the left side of the screen and then on the right side of the screen are a number of rows could be three rows could be four rows and those rows are comprised of enemies loot crystals, other things that may be in your way or, or whatnot. And what you're trying to do is destroy these rolls. And every time you kill an enemy, open a chest, mine some crystal, and remove that specific block from a row, then the object, person, whatever behind that now empty space will be pushed to the front. And you are going through these levels, through these battles, trying to reach the stairs so that you can go up one more level and continue through uh, the, the main campaign, which is made up of, I believe, 20 levels. And it's a, a unique take on the genre, which is really refreshing given how so many games of this nature just do the same shit they don't try and be different they might add a few systems but they inherently all play the same this feels more unique uh, and I, I like that 
whole setup. My issue with the game, though, is that it does seem uh, on the base difficulty a little on the easy side. Uh, and some of the wrinkles too to the gameplay. If you run out of cards, game over. You lose all your health points, game over. The card thing can be a bit stressful. There are things you can unlock, perks that will put a card back in your deck pile uh, with every 12th card played. Getting chess will add cards to your deck. There are, there are multiple ways in which you can add cards to your deck, and then you have to be conscious of that and always trying to get as many in, back in your deck as possible because my initial run, I lost because I ran out of cards, not because I ran out of life. Or I, I had full health, but I wasn't paying close enough attention to how many cards I had. So that is something you have to be very, very conscious of. My issue with the game, though, is that in addition to having that unique element that makes it feel different gameplay-wise, it also has a very distinct and striking aesthetic. The visuals are very, very nice. But they are also... It's, it's not that it's super hard to read what's happening on screen because of the visuals, but it's also not as clear as it could be because everything kind of blends together. It doesn't have a very expanded color palette, so a lot of things just end up looking the same. There's not a lot to differentiate between enemies and the environment and obstacles and so on and so forth so when you're looking at a, a, a level it can just look like a, a cluttered mess again I, I didn't have a huge issue with it but in playing it it was something that I kept thinking of at least in the back of my head as something that could be an issue for others and I was always conscious of it even if it wasn't being uh, an issue for me, it was still something that I was thinking. It, it felt like I had I had to at least take away some of my brain power to always remember to to make sure I was keeping aware of of, of how of what everything on screen was. But from what I played, it seems all right. I don't know about the longevity of it though, replayability and all that kind of jazz. So that could be a problem as well but it it it's piqued my interest I, i'm 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 gonna play some more of it which is something then warp warp this is a very simple arcade game with not great visuals where you are piloting a ship on a, on a 2d over the top plane and your goal is to reach the end of each level in the form of a black hole type of structure which will send you to the next level presumably that's the the, the guys of it all and the way you you control your ship is 
very asteroids-like in that you rotate the ship with one of the analog sticks and then press a button to initiate the thrusters. So you're not moving the ship with one of the analog sticks. You're just rotating it. You're, you're changing its orientation and then propelling it forward by initiating the thruster. Uh, and you typically just want to like tap it. You know, you don't want to hold it down or you will, you know, if this was a car, it's zero, six, zero to 60 would be very, very impressive. It'd be top of the line. You want to ease on the gas. It's just a very boring game. Can be frustrating. They'll add in elements as you keep playing more and more to get in your way, whether that be environmental obstacles that you have to navigate through all maze-like or enemies that will fire bullets at you. In most cases, the enemies are just firing down a very specific path and they won't track you. There are, there are ones who do track you and will chase you, forcing you to be a little faster and, and be more on your toes with your direction changing. There are enemies who will just fly around in an environment and get in your way. Because if, if you run into an enemy or an obstacle, you'll crash and have to start over. There's, there are no lives or anything, so you just are thrown back at the start of level if you die is nice it's a little even though it's an instant restart they do still have a three second or so start uh, timer countdown timer so it's not an, uh, an immediate restart which is a little frustrating how it immediately jumps you back into the game but then you have to wait for that countdown meter But it's, 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 yeah. I wasn't enjoying myself while playing it. Found myself getting more frustrated than anything and was very irritated by the fact that in what I played of the game, I just heard the same song over and over and over again. And it wasn't a long song. And I was pretty fucking sick of it pretty quickly. But that's warp. Eh. You have to worry about fuel as well. Not so much early on, but in later levels, they'll start you off with very little fuel, and then you'll have to fly over a fuel pickup to get some more. Pretty basic stuff. Not overly exciting. An easy, an easy game to skip over. That's it in terms of what I've been playing. And that's it for this episode. So that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage show once again i am marcus nez y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at px sausage that just reminds me uh one uh, before i get to that of course if you'd like to find links to all the places i call home and all that good jazz you can go over to pxsausage.com that'll get you to the youtubes the site the patreon and all that jazz. And speaking of the Patreon, which if you just want to go there, that is patreon.com slash PXS. But speaking of the Patreon, this past Saturday, the first Patreon-exclusive Q&A session, I said to myself, 
depending on how many questions I get and if anyone shows up to the live recording. This will go anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. Ended up going for about an hour and 15. Had a few show up for the live recording. And yeah, I just, I had, a, I had, a, I had a good time. I hope those who were there live and those listening to the show after the fact enjoyed it as well. I set up the audio RSS feed in Patreon, which wasn't enabled at first because this is the, the first time I've had a use for it. And it seems like that's all in order as well. So yeah. That was fun. If you want to get in on that, join the Patreon. Yep. But I, I, I had a good time with all of that. So, yeah. Again, links and all that jazz. PXSausage.com. Get you to the site, YouTube's Patreon, art, what have you. And if you... You are sick of listening to me as I am sick of listening to myself all the time. Well, I don't, whatever. Uh, yeah, as always, I hope you enjoyed this year's show. And thank you. I've, I've, I've already, I'm all confused on that, the way I end this. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year's episode. That's how it goes. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So for now, adios, arrivederci, bye.